Hello, my darlings. This is Amish Patel, CEO of the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation, and uh, lots to talk about today, guys. I just found a video by Rebel Media, like a little comedy bit they just did, a little comedy streeter bit they just did. So racist, dude. So racist, right? So we're going to talk about that in a minute and probably just have a, a general in-depth discussion about racism in general. But uh, first, I want to just tell you guys about some shows I got coming up, some dates. If you're in Brampton, if you're in Brampton, May 31st, save the date. There's a link in the in the comment section below. And then uh, and then I got the Win at Life Mega Expo. June 2019, uh, Montreal and Ottawa Fringe Festivals. Incredible. What, a, what an incredible show. That Win at Life Mega Expo. Incredible show, guys. Incredible. I, I mean, I remember last year when I did it, I, a lot of my friends were like, Amish, you're on TV. Like, you're going to do a Fringe Festival? Uh, are you? Is everything going all right? Like, people were saying that. Some of my friends were like, is everything okay, dude? You're going to work with, like, you're on TV. Like, you really want to do, you're going to do a Fringe Play. Okay, cool. Greatest summer of my life. Greatest summer of my life. So much fun, guys, to be in the Toronto Fringe Festival. What a magical, joyful, little goofy time. A silly, goofy time. It was a, it's all adults, basically, who want to play pretend as their job. And when I'm doing TV stuff, it's like, it is my job. But when you're doing Fringe, ah, are you getting paid? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, we sold all of our tickets and we made money. And we paid ourselves, but a lot of them are just, it's just like, wow, this is real freedom. It really made me feel like I made it in this country. It's maybe the whitest thing I've ever done in my life. And it's the kind of thing that like, I still get a little bit of, of like anxiety doing stuff like that. I still get a little bit of like, what is, what are you doing with your life? You know what I mean? Everyone I know has an MBA. Everyone I know, I'm brown people, I mean. Every brown person I know has an MBA. Every single brown person I know has an MBA. Every single one. I'm the only one who doesn't have an MBA. Also, I'm the only one who doesn't have like five kids. Well, two kids. The kids' numbers are going down, but people are getting married. Marriage and kids, everyone. But um, <clears throat> did the play, banger, dude. And all these people that were talk that were like, kind of like worried about me. Um, everyone who said that, they came to watch the play and they were like, tight. Great play. Incredible play. It's beautiful work. Beautiful work, important work, good for the culture, good for the community. And that's generally what you can find with my live shows. They're so much fun. You know, get, delivering this laughter is such important work that, uh, that we're doing. And, and I always feel good about myself after a live show. There's something magical about it. We all get together like it's a little culture, like it's a little community. We get together and we laugh together. And you get out of the house and you don't just watch everything on Netflix. Come on, go out, be in, the, be in the community, my darling. Be in the community. You have to be in the community. And also the laughs need to be up in the community. You know what I'm saying? If you go to laughsrup.com, you can, uh, that's where you'll get all the information of all upcoming events. And uh, every time something's coming out, uh, video goes up, sketch goes up, controversy, anything going on, uh, the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation will constantly be uh, delivering those laughs to your uh, mailbox if you go to laughsrub.com and you join the official website of the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. But if you go to laughsrub.com, join the mailing list, then you can even be getting those emails that'll tell you exactly when the laughs are going up in the culture, in the community. So it'll tell you about the live shows, it'll tell you about the videos, all the stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was at a show this, this week, actually. Um, I did a show, came back, dancing. I'm on the dance floor, killing it, because I can dance good. Because I can dance good. And I'm still trying to figure out how to incorporate that into the shows. Because my dance, like, honestly, the dance moves are so tight that, like, I got to figure out how to incorporate it into the shows. They're so, they're so, um, and I know how to do all the new dances, too. I know how to do all the new stuff, too. So, anyway, still figuring that out. Still, some of the kinks we're working out at the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. I should just have those dance moves up on the screen right now or something like that. But, uh, anyway, I'm killing it on the dance floor. Killing it. And this girl comes up to me, and it's a it's a bar, so you have to be not twenty. You have to be a certain age to get in. But anyway, some girl was like, "Oh, you're such a great dancer. Can you dance with me?" I swear to God, I know that sounds like I'm full of shit, but this girl, I swear to God, she's like, "You're such a great dancer. Can you dance with me?" Um, and then this other comic was right there, Greg Houston, comedian, and he says, and and she asked me that, and so and I was like, "Okay, sure." Someone's asking me to dance with them. Okay, great. Sure, I'll dance with you. 
And then, and then this guy, uh, this guy Greg Houston, sees her, and then looks like he's talking to me. Sees her, looks back at me, and says, "Amish, you're like forty. Amish, you're like forty. Wow, so rude, so rude, Greg Houston, so rude. They came up to me wanting to dance." wanting to learn dance moves, being out here in the culture, in the community. And then Greg Houston goes, but Amish, you're like 40. Wow. You know, and, and look, if I wasn't a comedian, I would, I would be so mad at him. But it's t- like, that's a good bit, you know? As a, as, a, as a human being, sure, I could get mad. I could get mad at him. And I should maybe even. But as a comedian, I have to say, that was tight, though. That's a tight bit. And I have to say, God is great for giving me this bit, for giving me this laugh. Because I laughed so much. And I laughed right in front of the girls. And the girls didn't care. They were like, eh, I don't care. They don't care, okay? Idiot. What a dumb... <laughs> great guy. Great comic. Very funny. And you know what? Important to... Um... To bring up the laughs, look, that's our job, guys. That is our job. So look, as much as, as a human being, I could be mad. But as a comedian, I got to just be like, no, tight, though. Amish, you're 40. And he started laughing. Dude, he just did it like, you're 40, though. And he looked and he pointed in my face, too. Anyway, I'm not 40, by the way, guys. Um, and look, if you go behind the locked, uh, the, the locked content, if you, if you, if you become a, a patron of uh, this podcast at patreon.com slash laughs are up, um, and maybe if you become an, become an email subscriber at laughs maybe in there, but definitely if you become a patron, maybe then you'll find out how old I am. And you're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked, dude. It's not 40, by the way. Relax. It's not 40, by the way. Get out of my face, Greg Houston. What is this problem? But also very tight. Also very tight. Anyway. And, I, and also, listen, I dance good. Quite frankly, I dance so good. I was at a wedding yesterday, Brad Tingle's wedding. Another comedian invited me to their wedding. So much fun. So much fun to go to a wedding. Um, so glad that people... You know what? And it was a cutie wedding where, because I'm used to these Indian weddings where there's 9,000 people and I don't know, really know what's going on. And then like, I don't know, maybe I'm being a hater a little bit on my own people because I've been to too many of those weddings. But this, is a, this was like two comedians getting married, like an improv and a comedian person, like people that love comedy. And then even their parents, all their speeches were like these, like how great comedy is. You know, you'll be together forever. And I know that because the thing that'll get you through the hard times is a little bit of laughter. And I'm just sitting at a table with all these Asian comics. And I was like, can you imagine our parents said this to us? We'd be fucking famous, goddammit. Or we'd probably be lazy. You know, it's a big issue. It's a big issue in the culture. It's so funny how, like, brown Asian comics come into comedy. And they're like, they're like oh, how do you get into Just for Laughs? Within a week, dude. Not a week. Within five, six months, people are like, so who's the booker at Just for Laughs? How do I get into Just for Laughs? And then, and, and that's fine. Like, I'm not even dissing them. It's like, relax. Like, you're six months in. But also, okay, fine. I'm, I'm ha- like, good, good hustle and good for you, whatever, whatever. But there's white guys that are 10 years, I swear to God, 10 years in. Maybe on and off, but 10 years in. And, and, and I'm like, oh, did you just do a tape for Just for Laughs? And they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for that. And I'm just like, dude, uh, you're old. You're 40. That's who I should have said. Dude, you're 40. That's who I should have said it to. I should have said it to him. But also, like, not to say that you have to get into the, um, just for last one, by the time you're 40 or anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, like, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just interesting because all these Asian people, brown people, Asian people are like, I need to accomplish something so that my parents will love me. If I don't become, if I don't make a million dollars, then how are my parents gonna love me? But then you go to this white wedding and you talk to a lot of the parents, and they're like, you know what? I just like that you're doing what you love, and I love you, and I respect you no matter what. And and that was basically all the speeches. I got it all out of his parents because my parents. Comedy, so comedy, dude. 
I'm watching this. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what clip to show you, but my parents watch these Indian, um, these Indian sitcoms, and <laughs> there's one called Tarak Meta Ka Ulta Chasma, which means uh, Tarak Meta is his name, but his backward glasses. I guess he has a view on the world that's a little wacky. That's a little wacky, this guy, Tarak Mehta. But anyway, just look at how many sound effects are in this show, this episode, dude. Like, I'm just going to play a clip, random. Okay, intro music tight. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like that intro music's not fun. And I do like, man. <laughs> oh, he's ulta, like he's wearing the glasses upside down. Okay, let's see this. Full episode, April 7th. I'm just not, I'm not gonna watch the full episode, but just watch how many sound effects. Ah. Hi, Popertangle, good morning. Okay, Popertangle. His name's Popertangle. Already? Really, dudes? You know, in, like, Popart is a parrot, but also people call their penis Popart. When you're in Gujarat, they call it Popart. Hey, my Popart. And then this guy's name is, hey, Popertangle, okay, hello. Happy morning, <laughs> happy morning, happy morning. Oh, happy morning. <laughs> That's they're just making fun of white people when they do happy morning. Like you know how people say good evening, so it's so people are like oh good evening, good evening. Like they're like oh happy morning. Like they're doing. I feel like that's the bit. I don't know. That's what I. What's these sound effects? Dude, the uncle literally just said, "Hey, so what are you up to today?" What is this sound effect, dude? That's what, I can't watch it. I can't watch the show, dude. The sound effects. Watch. <laughs> I love this show. Dude, there's going to be 95 sound effects. I wish I planned a clip before I started playing this one. I just I just Googled it. I clicked on one. Let's see. Watch how many sound effects. That's the first sound effect so far. I'm actually pretty impressed. 20 seconds in, only one. Dude, what's the, what is the sound effects? Can you just let people talk on this show, dude? Every dude, there's 95 sound effects, and they even mix it into the music, and then he's not even saying anything. Watch this. comedy, action, horror, and romantic film. And they just cut to the uncle and he's like, ding, 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 I can't believe it. And, and, then, and then every time I see them, they tell me do comedy once, right? And they don't get it. So they're like, Amish, I'll funny. Do a funny. Like, they, look, do funny. Like, dude, they, they're like, make, why don't you do a comedy show? But why don't you do something that makes people laugh? Like these guys. And then they point this out, though. <laughs> and then they point, come on, dude, the sound effects. No, it's a good show. I'm not going to like pretend like it's not. It's great. It's great. Look, I don't want to diss. I don't want to diss the people. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to insult the people. No, that's the main guy. How many harps? Dude, imagine I just played a harp every two, every line. It's cute. It's cute. No, I don't want to diss him like that. It's fun. It's fun. No, it's a great show. It's a great show. Look, it's great. It's the biggest show. It's the biggest show in India right now. They get all the ball. All the Bollywood people come on the show too. It's crazy, dude. It's like a huge. It's this is like the biggest show I think in India. But the sound effects. Oh my god! Even in a podcast, I'd be like, that's overkill, dude. They play so many sound effects, and then also they'll just diss Chinese people sometimes, and I'm like, ah, inappropriate. But okay, cool. At first, I was like, uh, inappropriate. Dude, and when I say they diss Chinese people, they'll do the, they'll pull the eyes back. <laughs> so racist. They'll pull the eyes back, and then they'll do a Chinese, they'll set it up like, oh, you know, like, they, uh, then I'm going to end up like a chinny. And then they'll do this, and, and then, 
they say chinni too. They'll I'll end up like a oh no, they'll end up they, sometimes they'll be like, I'll end up like a China bai, meaning like a Chinese brother. But then they do the eyes, they pull the eyes back and they go, and then this is how they always do the accent though. I've heard it once on TV, and I heard some auntie told me this in real life at a party where um, where I was at this party with, I guess I was dating someone who's not Indian at the time, and I was dating someone who's not Indian, and then this auntie goes, oh, that's good for fooling around, but then marry an Indian girl. That's good for fooling around. But then even for fooling around, no, cha-. and then she, I swear to God, she goes, she goes, no, no, she just said, no, don't marry Chinese. They talk like a bang, 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 and then she started saying that's how they talk. And I'm like, that's not even how they talk, though. She goes, don't marry Chinese. They talk like a bang, bang, bang. And I'm like, that's not how they talk, though. But also so racist. But also, that's not how they talk, though. Weird, right? They talk like a bang, bang, bang. I don't know. Um, okay, so 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 they <laughs> so but here's the thing. What on these sitcoms though, on these Indian sitcoms, and even I've seen stand-up comics do this, when they need a filler joke, when they need a filler joke, they do like a little setup and then they do like 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 a Chinese bite. And they pull the eyes back and they go bang 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 and they talk dude and they say bang 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 and that's their Chinese voice. So racist that they don't even know what they sound like. I because what is bang bang bang? You know, and I thought one woman because one person did it in real life, where they were like, okay, don't marry. They were kind of like, okay, marry a white girl or maybe a white girl, but Chinese, oh, they talk like a bang bang bang. How awkward, eh? When one minority is dissing another minority, that has got to be the most stressful time for like a liberal white lady it's got to be it's it's maybe the most stressful thing you can do around them they could have like a panic attack or something you know it just feels a little too much like what are what's gonna what am i gonna do right now whose side am i gonna take right now you know what i mean they kind of look have this look like they maybe they could have a, a panic attack when one um minority group starts dissing another minority group and like so racist like that too. I find that sometimes like a white liberal will be like, oh my God. Oh God. No, well, well, that's there. You know, and they'll kind of do that kind of thing. Where they won't, where they'll just be so like, I don't want to take a side on this. I don't want to take a side on this. You know what I'm saying? But it is interesting though, because um, when even when I went to school in India, because here's the thing. You know how people joke that like, you better learn Mandarin. Future of English, the future of business. Well, if you want to do business in the 21st century, you better learn Mandarin, actually. Like, people are talking about, like, China's taking it. China's taking the game, right? And here's the thing with India. India is surrounded by China at this point. Because in because when I went to school there, they taught us that basically in there was, like, a war in the 70s. There's like, a quick little skirmish on the east border with India and China. And China did that thing, kind of like what Russia did, where after World War II, Russia, like, because Russia came, took over all this land during the war. Like, they didn't take over land, but they were fighting, and then they'd win more territory, like, they'd win more territory, I guess, and then they'd be fighting from there. So then at some point, um, World War II ends, and the Russians are like, okay, ceasefire, war's over, but we're not going to go back. You know what I mean? Like, China, uh, Russia did that thing where, where they're like, we're not going to go back, though. And that was like the Soviet Union. They called it a union. They basically had to tell everyone else, like, no, these guys all want to be part of our thing. So that was the Soviet Union, I think. Tell me if you know history better than me. I don't know. I, it feels like that was basically the Soviet Union. They, World War II ends. They're, they came all the way back this far to fight with Germany because fighting off the Germans, they had to fight them back further and further and further. And then when the war ended, they were like, okay, cool. Yeah, ceasefire. We're done. Cool. Oh, we're not going to go back. They kind of did that thing. And I feel like um, China did that. China and India had a little beef, had a little skirmish, a little beef. And then after the thing, and then they co- they did the ceasefire. But then after, like, China took over land. China was winning, I guess. And then once it once it ended, they I don't think they went back after that. Okay? So, so, so I think they've just taken over a bunch of land on the east side of India. And, and they just didn't go back. But then also, Tibet. 
took that over. All the refugees are in India still. I'm pretty sure are still in India, dude. And then now they're doing these new colonial type of moves where they'll go to with Pakistan and with Sri Lanka. They basically made a deal and said, look, we'll loan you some money to build this port. But if you don't pay it back on time, then it's our port for 100 years. Classic move. And they did this with a dictator, obviously. So some dictator or some unstable leader makes his deal with China, can't pay it back. So now China has a port in Pakistan and in Sri Lanka for 100 years. So basically India surrounded. Basically India surrounded. And if they were any other country, these are all war moves. These are all like we need to fight back. And we need to take them over. But guess what? China is uh, too big. Also, also, I'll say this. Every time India and Pakistan have a little beef, guess whose side China's on? China's always with Pakistan. So you know what? It's a little bit of a beef. We got a little beef, right? And, and then a lot of people are here joking that, listen, in the future, in the future, don't even learn English, learn Mandarin. Because that's going to be the new overlords, according to a lot of people, right? So then it makes you wonder, is it so racist to... For India <laughs> to make fun of Chinese people. I don't think it... I feel like... You know what? You got to let them do it, maybe. You got to let them do it, maybe. Because they're being oppressed by... It's like saying... You know, it's like being in Canada. You can make fun of white people, right? So if you're in India, I feel like you should be able to make fun of... Um, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do... That voice, that bang, bang, bang. It's like so inaccurate that I don't even feel weird doing that. But even pulling the eyes back, I'm not going to do that. Rude. I'm not going to do that. Dude, but they do it on Indian TV and even the comics. They'll just, they'll pull the eyes back, dude. They'll pull the eyes back and they'll go bang, bang, bang. And, but then, but then I, but then, I don't know. Once you know the history, you're kind of like, well, you know, they're pro they basically are your white people or like, you know, not white people, but like, you know how in Canada we're allowed to just diss white people <laughs> and even they think it's funny and it's not offensive or whatever it's kind of like that maybe that's what i'm thinking anyway this is the kind of high level laugh analysis that we do here at the amish patel comedy corporation a big part of what i do want to do here is uh is i want to make sure that the outrage is down in the culture and in the community and guess what i just found a piece on rebel media that i was like you know what you know what i'm gonna have to do a little call out on ezra levant right now ezra levant and also this this girl that she hired okay let's watch this video Wow, what a great find. When you're doing a streeter and you find someone with heart-shaped glasses and talks like these, it's such a cute accent. What a cutie lady. These glasses? What are these glasses? And then she's asking them if they would house a refugee. Yeah, great. Let's continue it. Um, Okay, this is where she gets them. So we actually, we have Mo here with us today. Mo is new to Canada and he is looking... Delighted, nice to meet you. Delighted, nice to meet you. Oh, so racist. As a comedian, very tight. As a human being, very offensive. And it's, it is tough. It's a tough spot to be in right now because this bit, basically what the rebel media is saying with this bit is, uh, oh, we're going to take in refugees? Really? I mean, that's the ultimate message of this dumbass bit. But it's pretty tight, though, too. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where you go, that is funny, but that doesn't prove your stupid point. Toronto Mayor John Tory has recently announced that April is Refugee Rights Awareness Month. Canadians are told to open their hearts and their arms to refugees with practically no questions asked. The Radisson Hotel in Toronto has even been nicknamed the Refugee Hotel. Canadians are told to open their hearts and their arms. Wow, what a... What is with Ezra Levant? He always finds these like little beauty queens that, <laughs> that are just down to be racist on camera. Where do you find them? Where do you, look at this racist beauty queen kingpin, this guy. He already found these two and these two, one's Faith Goldie. This is like one of his old reporters. And then the other one is Lauren Southern. And uh, I think they both had to leave because they got too racist even, for him even. They got too much for him. Because I think he draws a line at, like, you can't say white. You can't say white. But this girl, 
doing a bit about like, okay, we, we probably shouldn't take in the Syrian refugees. That bit, that's 100% rebel media legit. You know what I'm saying? But basically, that's the point of this bit. So cute, so racist. Even the music and everything's so cute. Do you think? And then she's got these nerd glasses. And then this guy's doing this goofy comedy acting. Ugh. You didn't prove your point. You goddamn conservative maniacs. Man, conservatives are such psychos. This, like, <laughs> and I know I'm generalizing when I say conservatives. Huge generalization when I just say conservatives are psychos. But basically, it is the mindset of a lot of these right-wing media companies, which is don't let immigrants in. And how, where do you find these girls? Where do you find these girls? Asked. The Radisson Hotel in Toronto has even been nicknamed the Refugee Hotel. She's doing it like it's the weather. Like, she's doing it, she's doing it like... I'm here in I'm here in Canada talking to Canadians about do you think like she the way she's saying it it's like she could be doing the weather or she could be doing like um like she could be doing like a festival you know what I mean she could be like I'm here I'm here at the uh India Town Festival and it's a beautiful day like she could be doing that but she's that same cadence and the same person that would do that, like looks like the same person that would do that, same cadence, same acting, whatever. But instead it's like, I don't really think Syrians are a good idea. Maybe we shouldn't let in the Syrians, dude. Radisson Hotel in Toronto has even been nicknamed the Refugee Hotel. The Refugee Hotel. So smug. The Radisson Hotel in Toronto has even been renamed the Refugee Hotel. So smug. So smug, right? Like, they think they really proved their point here. They Basically, this video is them asking five people. By the way, this is a win for Canada. Because all everyone that, they, that she asked was like, yes, we should let in Syrian refugees. Let them in. We're not maniacs. Let them in. But then, but, then, uh, but then she's like, oh, yeah? Oh, you want to let them into the country? Okay, here, would you let someone live in your house even? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah, I think I would. And then she's like, okay, here's the guy right here. And then she brings in this goofball. Like, here's the thing with this bit. So smug and so arrogant about like, mm, they even call it the Refugee Hotel. Like, it's just such a diss video on like, are, are you one of these idiots who think we should let refugees in? Well, I just proved you wrong. Like, that's the kind of, basically the spirit of this video. They even got the guy to dress up in a $5 Walmart tracksuit. He looks like such a loser. Like that's part of the comedy acting with him is they make him look like an extra loser too. And it's like, look, man, if you went to an anti-abortion rally and you said, hey, you care about life, you care about babies, right? Here's a baby, take it. We found a baby, just take it right now. Oh, you think they're all just gonna take this baby? You think they're all just gonna take it, you right-wing maniacs? You think they're just gonna take this baby off the street? Just gonna take the baby. No paperwork, nothing. Just right here on the street. Just take the baby. You think they're going to take it? You're out of control, you psychopath. This rebel media. Here's the thing. And this is the other thing. This is the other thing I want to say. There's a lot of people that are like, don't. it's not racist if it's Islamophobia because Islamophobia is not a religion. Islam is a religion. It's not a race. Okay, technicality, guys. That's a technicality and you know it. That's a technicality. Okay, fine. Technicality. Technical. That's a technical. That's 100% a technical. Dude, <clears throat> what if I said I don't like Christians? You, that's not racist. What if I said I don't like Jews? And then you said, oh, uh, you're anti-Semitic. And then I said, uh, no, no, no. I read their book, and I just don't like anyone who believes that book. Technical. Technically, yeah, racist. Or technically not racist, I guess, because it's a religion. But it's like, come on. That's technicality, guys. Just admit it. It's a technicality. And also, I guarantee when they were going into Iraq, because basically the reason why there's Syrian refugees coming in now is because the Americans have just basically destroyed Iraq and just de-state, like, it's, they, they won't stop fucking with them. And this bit that they're doing, this comedy bit, where they're like, oh, would you take in a Syrian refugee? You take one into your house? Oh, we got one right here. Oh, they didn't want to take it. Gotcha. Ah, uh, gotcha. If you look at the history, like if you look at the reason why there's refugees, it's connected to this Iraq war that was just, just a waste of time for everyone. I'm talking about money. I'm talking about PTSD of the American soldiers. I'm talking about what ended up happening there. Just nobody won this war. It was another Iraq. 
I mean, it was another VNM. And it was, and, and the only people really are, and this movie just came out, Vice, basically like five guys got rich in America. Five American military heads got rich. One of them became the vice president. And Dick, that was Dick Cheney. Um, it, but it basically five billionaire uh, military guys got rich, destroyed Iraq, destroyed their own people who they won't even give medical benefits to now that they're back from Iraq. Um, and the whole thing was a shit show and a mess. And, that, and now there's ISIS. And now we need to take in some goddamn refugees, you maniacs. You know what I'm saying? And now that it's time to take in these refugees, now they're just going to do this bit where they're like, eh, we don't agree with that, though. Are you fucking, are you kidding me? And that's the thing what I mean about this Ezra Levant. These are the religious people? Are you kidding me, dude? I feel like this Ezra Levant guy, he, I feel like he's the kind of person that supported the Iraq war, but maybe I got to look into that. And maybe I should have looked into that before I started this video. But he probably supported the Iraq war, I'm going to say. But definitely in this video, he doesn't even mention it. So it's, it's like, it's like, you know, you're, you imagine you're, like, you believe in God, right? So you're going to go to, you think you're going to go to heaven one day, and then God's going to be like, hey, did you, you supported the Iraq war, and then you didn't, you were anti-refugee, though? That's a little harsh, brother. Huh? Are we not all children of the Most High God, brother? I mean, God's not going to say, are we not all children of the Most High God? But I'm saying that. But I think God would be like, hey, you can't support the war and then also say, don't let the refugees in. You're going to be like, that's a little harsh, right? And then I feel like this Ezra Levant guy is going to be like, yeah, but they're Muslim. <laughs> and then God's going to be like, oh, racist, dude, you're racist. And then Ezra Levant's going to be like, no, it's not a... It's not a race, it's a religion, so it doesn't count. And then God's going to be like, okay, technicality. Got to let him in. That's such a lawyering. That's such a moral lawyering to be like, technicality. <laughs> doesn't count. I mean, it's pretty. Anyway, look, I'm not even, even as a comedian, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like this isn't a tight bit. It's very cute. Like, the music's very cutesy, fun. They got this guy to do this comedy acting. But even this dude, I mean, look at how goofy this guy looks. This guy looks, he, he, his comedy acting is so goofball-y. Like, he's just sitting at this bench by himself. Look at this. Just, what a goofball. Okay, and my brother, uh, you really had to take this acting part, dude? Uh, 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 my darling, you really had to take this acting part? I mean, I get it. It's a tough market for the actors. But this is the acting part you had to take, dude? Why are you in this sketch? I promise you, these liberal, these rebel media losers, they don't even pay for these goddamn sketches, dude. They don't even pay. 100% guaranteed, no pay for this sketch. This guy just did it, what, because you believe in this? Maybe he's a conservative. Oh, I want to know where this guy's from. I mean, what is the point of this sketch? Okay, I'll tell you what the point of this sketch is. Because I told you, basically, she goes up to a bunch of people. She's like, do you think we should let Syrian refugees in? They're all like, yeah, because they're good people. And then she's like, would you let them one live in your house? And they're like, okay. They didn't even say, like, they weren't even so gung-ho. They were like, yeah, okay. And then she goes, oh, I got, I got a guy right here. This goofball. Dude, if you went to an anti-abortion rally and said, oh, you care about life? Here's a baby. You think they're just going to take the baby? They're not going to take a baby even. Who's going to take? You dress this guy up like a goofball loser in this $5 Walmart tracksuit, and he's doing this goofball comedy acting. Who's going to let him in, dude? Nobody. Ah. And then the girl just does this like cutie little monologue at the end. Oh, this monologue is so good. Because at the end, <laughs> look at her conclusion monologue though. Let's just go to that. Because at the conclusion monologue, first of all, this goofball is back doing his comedy acting in the background. It's easier so said funny. than done. When they were faced with reality and actually looked at him standing in front of them, people began to shy away. After a few hours of introducing our refugee, Mo, her cadence is so fun and bubbly. But she's just like doing this dumb racist bit. Seemed open to help, but that's easier said than done. Easier said than done. Shade. When they were faced with reality and actually looked at him. Yeah, your goofball loser acting, dude. They looked at him. Look at his dumb track. Look at him. His tracksuit is so fucking goofy, dude. 
He's got that great, like not even the, the fitted tracksuit. Because you could wear a fitted tracksuit and I think someone would let you crash up with him. Um, cause someone would let you come over, maybe, maybe. This guy's wearing the baggy tracksuit, dude. Like it's two thousand five, like it's nineteen ninety eight, and your mom bought you. Your mom just came from, back from Byway, cause Walmart's not even in Canada yet. So she went to Byway and she got a five dollar gray ew, loser tracksuit, dude. You're putting this loser tracksuit on this guy. When they were faced with reality and actually looked at him standing in front of them, people began to shy away. So I guess Canadians aren't as open-minded as I thought. I guess Canadians aren't open-minded as open-minded as I thought. You loser. Dude, if anything, this proves that Canadians are open-minded, but also smart enough to like, okay, well, let's do the paperwork too. Because these, these conservatives, they're such ding-dongs that let's just say a bunch of Canadians just let people in. They would also get mad at that. They'd be like, look how dumb these Canadians, look how dumb these liberals are. They just let people in. No paperwork. It's like, no, they're saying let them in and then, but, you know, do the due diligence, do the paperwork, and then they're still mad. You're out of control. So professional, their end card, too. If you'd like to see more from me, fucking. So racist, dude! I said that too many times. No, but there's, there, there is, there is like a right wing swing happening, right? There's like, there is like this, um, there's a, there's a little bit of a rise in this kind of thinking. And I think a big part of it is because these right-wing maniacs took the internet game, baby. They took it. This rebel media dude, he knows how to play the game. He knows how to get his message out. He's really good. I mean, at business and at media, you know what I'm saying? They're really good at this. They know how to fuck with people. You know, the other one I need to talk about actually is the Candace Owens one. Oh my God, let's talk about that real quick. You know, okay, this is, this, is what, this is what's happening in the culture right now. In the culture, in the community, this is what I think is happening. Okay, you got these right-wing people. They know how to rile up the lefties and just piss them off. They know how to do it. They're good at it. They're good at just getting fucking under the skin of like a bunch of lefties, right? So they had this hearing. Um, I think it was like a congressional hearing. Like she goes to see the government. A bunch of people in the government do this thing with Candace Owens um, where she basically set one of these traps. This is what I mean where I, I feel like right-wing people, they're good at setting these traps um, where lefties get outraged and then they'll get outraged that the lefties got outraged. That's the worst thing because this one I'm about to show you, this is Candace Owens setting a trap. She knows how to play the game just like Trump and she even mentions Trump because even when Trump did this, he basically said Mexicans are coming in and they're gonna, they're, they're letting in rapists and stuff like that, right? Um, that famous one that he did. So there's that, that's a famous bit out of one of his, that's a famous like little line out of one of his speeches. But then, and, and, and it's almost like he did that because he knew these lefties would all get upset about it. And then he knew that, and then, and then but if you watch the rest of that clip, I think he kind of says, oh, some of them are good people. So it's basically like, like he says this terrible thing and then he kind of makes a weird justification for it, but he knows that nobody's going to listen to the rest of it. And that's kind of what she did too. But he basically opens with something so racist and then he'll later he'll just say some shit that's like, oh, no, no. And what I meant was like something like this. You know what I'm saying? But basically she did that where she goes, where she basically did a little bit of a speech where she said, um, where she said, uh, Nazis, Hitler uh, wasn't so bad inside of Germany, but it's when he took it outside of Germany. That's when it got really bad. That's basically what she said as the intro to one of her two hour long things. And she knew that nobody's going to watch the two-hour long thing. They're just going to pull that clip out and be like, oh, this is racist, whatever. So she sets a trap. This is what I mean. This is the outrage culture that I'm talking about. These right-wing maniacs, they're good at this. They set the trap. These lefties, they jump on it. They don't know. It's a trap. Ding-dongs. Just like this Syrian ref, this girl being like, would you take in a Syrian refugee? It's a trap. She's got a refugee right behind. She's got a guy acting like a goofball saying that he's a refugee right behind her. It's a trap. These right-wing people, they play to win, though. I'll say that. I'll say that. These right-wing people, they play to win. They fight hard. They know how to play. They play to win, baby. They fight hard. They play to win. Um, and I should explain real quick, because this might sound a little rambly right now, but um, let me just explain real quick who now, because we're shifting over to Candace Owens. Candace Owens is, do you remember when Donald, uh, do you remember when uh, uh, Kanye 
went through a little phase where he put on a hat when he where he became a Trump supporter for like a week or whatever. Uh, maybe it was a couple of months. But Kanye became a Trump supporter for a minute, and now he now he's denounced that that he did that. Basically, the person who got him into that that was Candace Owens. She works for an organization called. Turning Point USA, which is basically like a right-wing kind of media think tank. Like, basically, it's a, it's, a, it's a company that tries to get, like, the word out on, like, tries to get people into right-wing stuff, right-wing politics, that kind of thing. It's like a, it's funded by people who believe in this kind of thing. And it's just an organization that gets out there, and they fuck with the people. Like, one of the banger clips they did this year is uh, this guy, they go to some university. And again, this is what I mean by these traps, okay? Candace Owens goes to a university where there's a bunch of Black Lives Matter protesters, right? And she goes on stage and she goes, oh, you're such a victim. Everyone wants to be a victim. It's so cool to wham, 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 be a victim. <laughs> ah! To all these Black Lives Matter supporters. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, you got to watch it. I got I to gotta put that clip in. It's victim mentality versus victor mentality. That's and I promise great, you, the, the people here are going to win. I love that. And it, there's no doubt in my mind. I, I, can, I can tell you right now who is going to be better off. When, you, when we look 20 years and we look at the faces in this room, who is going to be better off are the girls that are sitting right here and across this room because they don't have your mentality. Victim mentality is not cool. I don't know why people like being oppressed. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I love oppression. We're oppressed. 400 years of slavery. I'll put that clip in right here, but my God. And then Charlie Kirk, the guy who runs the organization, is just sitting there like, ah, 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 got him, got him, got him. Basically, I guess she says all the racist shit that he's not allowed to say. So she, he, they hire her to be, their, to be one of their outreach communications people. And she's killing it, by the way. Like, she knows how to play the game, baby. So, she, so they go to this university. She fires off these shots play it here and then he's just on the side going ah got ya he doesn't have to say it basically hired dude and these right-wing people they always want to hire a brown person they love hiring a brown person who's down to just be like muslims or terrorists they love hiring a girl who's down to be like uh i'm anti-abortion and feminist or host or something like that and then they all they're always down to hire like um i guess black people to be like black people are lazy you know what I'm saying? They're all they always want to hire, they always want to have that person, you know what I'm saying? But um but she's kind of like that for Turning Point USA. And I feel like this Jessica girl is kind of like that for Rebel Media. Like Rebel Media is really good at finding, like I said, just a a ba- a beauty racist woman. Just like a hot, sexy racist, dude. Rebel Media finds him and develops the talent, really. And then, and then, like I said, Faith Goldie, and there's two, there's two people that, that uh, were at Rebel Media when they first started. Like, we're talking, like, one of them started, I think, when she was, like, 18 or something with Rebel Media. And the other one maybe, maybe started, like, when she was early 20s. And then with Rebel Media, they do their, you know, immigrants are destroying the country. They start off with those monologues. And then eventually, I know with Faith Goldie for sure, Faith Goldie at one point just did a straight-up, like, a show where they were straight-up, like, white people are better. Like a straight up, like they just said it, like no white people are better. And then after that, the rebel media people had to fire her. That's what it took though. That's how far she had to go. And I think even when she did that, she was like, what? Because that was her, her, her reaction to all that. And then they all had to sit her down and be like, listen, you can't say white though. Like they, they're like, you just took it one step too far. And I guess her defense and all of the people, it's interesting because all of the people who are more right wing than the people who are just saying let's say let's say like with rebel media they're saying don't let um don't let syrians in right and all of us lefties are like you're racist for doing that and then they're kind of arguing and they're saying no it's not racist it's technically just islamophobia or like it's technically just a you know who's gonna pay for them or something like that right like they're like no no we're not racist we're, we're actually just doing whatever right but then it's weird. So, so all these lefties are calling them racist. But it's interesting because all the people more right-wing of them are also calling them racist. But the way that the right people are – like the way the lefties are saying it is we're saying like, hey, don't be fucking racist. You're a racist. Stop it. And then these more right-wing people are like, hey, uh, you're a racist. Just admit it. You're one of us. You know what I mean? It's so interesting how like when you go to the extremes – you find these common points because it is interesting how like how much these guys 
will argue that like, no, what I'm saying is not racist. It's not. I'm concerned with, you know, the logistics. Where are we going to put them? Uh, I'm just concerned with logistics. And also uh, Sharia law. I don't like that. Like something like they'll make these excuses and they'll make their arguments. And the lefties are like, uh, no, you're racist. And the more right wing people are like, hey, you're racist. That's the only difference. The super lefties are like, not even super lefties. Most people, I think, are kind of like, uh, hey, don't be racist. And then the right-wing people are like, oh, no, no, I, I guess, yeah, fuck. I got to word this right because this is like a little, a little writing exercise, isn't it? The left-wing people are saying, you're racist. And then the right-wing, more right-wing people are saying, you're racist. Like, they're, they're, they're like, hey, you're one of us. Come on. Join us. Just admit it. It's fun. Once you admit it, oh, life is good, man. We got people. We got supporters over here. We got a dating site. We got, man, it's so fun when you just admit that you're racist, dude. Just admit it. It's so much more fun than trying to pretend you're not. What? Fuck those lefties, dude. Just say that you are being the team, my darlings. That's basically, I, I do, I, 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 you know what, look, this is the Meech Patel Comedy Corporation. We're trying to find commonalities. We're trying to find places where the people can come together. And I do think that is a great place for the, that is a, not a great place, that is an interesting place where the people kind of agree. Like far left people are like, hey, you're racist. Don't, hey, you're racist, angry. And then the more right wing people are like, you're racist. Just admit it. It's almost like coming, that's their coming out of the closet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this Candace Owens things, but, but one thing i got to talk about in a future episode is that uh, there is like a guy like that uh, named Jordan Peterson that he's like this, he's like this uh, professor at U of T. All the people that we've got to talk about in this podcast um, as, as we go on, but he, he's having this issue right now too where Jordan Peterson, he's, a lot of people call him like sexist and racist and stuff like that. And then there's a more right-wing guy dissing him because so far, all these lefties are dissing Jordan Peterson and saying, man, this guy's full of shit. He's like this kind of right-wing thinker. He's uh, And kind of borderlining on these kind of rebel media kind of ideas. He's actually one of the rebel media. Of con- I think he was either a contributor or he's someone that they just love him. You know what I'm saying? I think they've collaborated on stuff. Like they're part of the game. They're in the game. They're in the conservative media game, the rebel media and Jordan Peterson. And they all, they're like friends. And he's done videos for them. He's done videos for Prager University, which is another one of these like right-wing think tank kind of things. But um. But Peterson, uh, it's so interesting that right now his biggest beef, because online all these lefties are beefing with him, and he's like, I don't care about you. But the biggest beef is there is now a more right-wing guy than Jordan Peterson, this guy Vox Day. Oh, my God. So scary, this guy. This guy put out a video. I'm just going to give you an example of what this Vox Day guy, how he's like more right-wing. Vox Day guy, this Vox Day guy, he put out a video where he said immigration is basically just war by another name. What happens when you go to war with another country? If if I go to war, if one country goes to war with another country and they win the war, then they then it's their country now and they redefine the country, whatever. So this guy's basically saying that immigration is just that over 50 years or 100 years because you let in all these immigrants. And guess what? Then they're going to be able to vote and they're going to change your culture and then they want their Sharia law and guess what? Your country's not your country anymore. It got taken over. They didn't come and do it violently <clears throat> but there's no difference. He has a... Dude, that's that's the Vox Day. That's the more right-wing guy to Jordan Peterson and now that beef. Oh, that's going to be a good fight. I'm going to call that fight in the next episode. Not in the next episode actually. That's going to be... That's going to be... That's such an ugly fight. And the disses back and forth are so fucking hard. Oh, my God. I love beef, man. There's something so funny about nerds fighting, about nerds getting into an argument and then treating that like a boxing match. Because to me, that's what politics is. People are into sports, and I'm like, what sports? It's, sports is a metaphor for this. What's Game of Thrones? It's fun, but it's a metaphor for this. Real-world politics is Game of Thrones. I mean, that's why we find it so relatable. I mean, even our day-to-day lives are Game of Thrones. You talk to someone, and they tell you, like, oh, I got, you know, so-and-so said this about me at the office, so then I had to file a thing, and then now they're going to get in trouble, and they're going to do a whatever. 
what that is to me, that there might as well be. That's like if you get if you're at the office and you have like a little passive aggressive beef with someone. You know, you go into a, you go into a meeting, and you every time you have an idea, there's another person who's like, you know what? I I actually disagree with that. Because I think the uh, the smarter way forward for the organization is to do it like that. Dude, if someone, if you're in a meeting, if you're in a meeting and you drop your idea and you say, well, guys, I think the way forward is this. And then someone just goes, actually, I'd like to say, if I could say a few words, I'm going to have to say that I uh, am not fully on board with that plan. Dun, 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 dun. Ching, 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 ching. Ah, dead, dude. That's a fight. You're not dead at that point, but that's a fight. That's a battle. And six months of people being like, you know what? Actually, that idea, mm, I'm going to have to push back on that because I don't think that's the right way to move forward. That's what it is. And that's happening on an office level. And even with comics, we do it. We have our internal beef, our little politics. Where if I if I talk to one person if I did there's people that if I did a video with them, other comics would stop talking to me. Ah, not me because I'm kind of above all that shit. They know that I'm like, I don't know. But there are people, man. There are people that if you do if I do a video with them, then five other people will be like, mm, I'm not friends with Amish anymore. Hmm. Beef, dude. Ching, 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 ching. I've seen your alliance. You've allied yourself with mine enemy, and my enemy, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but you are no longer my friend because you are my enemy's friend. I'm done. My darlings, thank you for consuming this social media content from the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. My name is Amish Patel, CEO of the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. And uh, listen, if you're still watching this, you must really be in love with me. Or else what are you doing here? It's the internet. You could be, you could be watching anything. You could be watching anything, but you're here, you love it, so why don't you just go ahead and subscribe, okay? Hit the bell button too, and then they'll let you know when I got more bits coming out, and I'll tell you this, I got bits. I'm sitting on bits, guys. So many bits. So many, I'm sitting on, I've over, I'm overstocked on bits, and I am working hard to bring them to market for your consumption, so subscribe to the channel. Also, uh, if you want to watch a bit right now, you can, there's a, there's a bit, right? You can click on the box right below me. That's a bit. You can click on me. It'll take you to a secret bit. Or you can go to laughsareup.com. You can listen to the full pod, podcast where these bits are cut out of. You can join the mailing list. You can uh, be notified. You'll be notified of live stand-up comedy shows coming to your area. And you can learn about all of the investment opportunities at the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. To do that, go to laughsareup.com or keep getting the bits or subscribe to make sure you keep getting future bits or you know what share the video then too if you're still here if you're still here i mean what are you doing you should be working for me at this point i mean at this point you're an investor time is money you spent your time you're an investor and if you look at our business model over here you'll see at the top social media bits that's what we're watching right now that's at the top but if you follow it all the way to the bottom you see on that ground floor, it says fans and investors. That's you guys. You are at the ground floor of a very exciting business opportunity here at the Mish Patel Comedy Corporation. So like I said, go to laughsareup.com, join the mailing list, uh, listen to the full podcast. I think I said everything. That's all the stuff I got to say. Okay? Okay? God is great.